funny it always shows the people coming in after the intro let me know in the comments if you actually see the intro ever or if you make it right before or after it starts um guys as always you can follow me on instagram at bro here's the thing and twitter at devastator 48 which i live stream to twitter as well um as you know, I was not on last week. Just work is a crazy thing. It's a different type of labor now. On YouTube, I'm blurry. Oh, I know what's going on. Hold on a second. Um, I'm going to check my internet because it's something that I need to do. Because every time it gets brought upstairs, the computer that is, it switches to a different internet connection that is not coming up. Awesome. That's what we like. I cannot switch to my high-speed internet. There it is. Off to a great start already, I see. See how well that holds up comparatively. I'm going to check my network one more time, and I am on. <clears throat> Hopefully the audio was good. Um, the video is really not that important, but it is helpful to have better internet. Now, I can only run this at 720p. Um, because of the system that I use, it wants you to pay more to run it through 1080. I get all these perks. So anyway, guys, like, comment, share this video. <clears throat> Already losing my voice. Terrible. So, guys, we have a lot to cover. Well, we don't have a lot to cover. I want to cover things, right? I don't have to cover anything, you know what I mean? But anyway, we have a new video from Rebel about a billboard they built because they don't want people to forget. And you know what? When I saw it, I said, hey, I don't want people to forget either. So I am going to show it right now. Let's see what it is. I'm here alongside of Alberta's busiest highway just south of Leduc, Alberta to unveil a brand new Rebel News billboard. We are reminding Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and the Alberta public and the entire world of the egregious human rights violations that happened during the coronavirus pandemic under Jason Kenney's direction. And those human rights violations are still happening today. Sheila Dunreed for Rebel News and behind me is 47 linear feet of freedom. You see, we use this billboard right behind me, south of Leduc, Alberta, alongside of Alberta's Highway 2 all the time. We use it to do things like promote books or to promote our latest campaign or to promote civil liberties initiatives as we just did with our last billboard that was here in this field telling us about the Democracy Fund's campaign to fight vaccine passports. Now this is a prime location because this billboard here gets 1.3 million monthly impressions because it sits alongside the major corridor connecting Alberta's two largest cities, Edmonton and then Calgary to the south. Today, 
and for the coming future. We are using this billboard behind me to remind the world and particularly Albertans that even though coronavirus restrictions are being rolled back and even though the vaccine passport segregation is gone for now. I will say one thing about the billboard that it says uh, he's arrested more pastors than China. Now, I, I imagine on paper that that's true, right? But um, China is obviously making millions of, probably most likely millions of people disappear. <sighs> I'm assuming a lot of those are pastors. Um, but I'm sure that the claim is true that on paper it's uh, he has a worse track record than China for arresting pastors. And even though Alberta's healthcare workers are suddenly being told that maybe you don't need to get a vaccine that you don't want just to be able to do your job. We are reminded... Funny story, uh, my ex-company uh, seems to be one of the only utility companies holding out really hard for a vax mandate. They basically walked into the arbitration the our union did or our, my ex-union did i guess and basically got told that there was no way um that he was going to change his mind and that there was nothing there's nothing they could do he was going to side with the mandate so it doesn't seem very fair um didn't seem very fair for those guys i'm already out i already signed all my release papers i'm out i don't work there anymore i'm officially not working there one of my friends sent me a picture of my old desk and you know it's funny because i took everything from there but i left very specific items because i wanted to i don't know have people remember me for as long as possible so there's this one uh before all the COVID stuff happened, um, they wanted us to start doing stretches in the morning. And no matter what you think, whether that's dumb or not or whatever, I think stretching at the office is probably dumb because you stretch and then you sit in a truck and you stiffen back up, right? So you probably want to stretch right before you're doing manual labor, right? So... Um, I decided that I would lead the stretches and they even got me a little Atco Bluetooth speaker um, and I would play 80s pop songs and stuff like that. I'd have themes sometimes for the week like metal, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I even had a routine. I had them doing these hip rotations which everyone thought was hilarious. Some people hated it. Um, some people even thought that I was being a suck up at some point, but I uh, was kind of just doing it tongue in cheek because I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. So I was half making fun of it. So anyway, I go on Amazon, I buy matching wristbands and headbands with like red and blue headbands and wristbands. And um, I wore that headband for about a week every day. Um, I took the wristbands home, but uh, I left the headband there, and I left it sitting on my desk because there were a whole bunch of people that remember how funny that was and that it made it more enjoyable for them, and I don't really want them to forget me. Um, I mean, they will quick. It's what it is. It's just It just happens. You'll just be gone, and you'll just be absorbed into the memories and then sometimes they'll just be reminded of you right it, it is what it is it's a it's a sad thing um, to lose your entire history of work right when you work at one company your entire life and then you lose it it's a crazy thing anyway um <laughs> i don't know why I got that far removed. I guess, it, oh yeah, it was the Vax mandates in the video that she's talking about. So, I am being asked in the comment section, how am I enjoying my new job? My new job is super fun. 
Um, it's, you know, there's, there's things about it that are, are, are interesting for sure, but working for a huge cladding company has huge perks because we have all the work and we just will never be shut down. We'll never run out of work to do. There's always things being restored, which is like a big part of the work is, uh, is rebuilding things, not not building new things it's uh it's putting siding on old buildings right so it's it's a really cool job i'm um i've already proved that i can be left to my own devices if i know what i'm doing and uh, just be proven to be competent so so that's fun um i bought a really cool tool belt uh to make myself uh feel awesome um with my severance money i i bought a I bought a really cool leather tool belt. Um, it's pretty much my favorite thing about work is the tool belt. Honestly, it's it's really sick. It, they're really cool stuff, man. Um, if you've ever worked in the trades, you know that having a good tool belt is is really part of the deal. And um, I wear it all day uh, unless I really don't have to wear it because it is super heavy. A lot of guys don't like wearing their tool belts, but I have suspenders for my tool belt. And so, so what is really cool about about it is that like it just supports all the weight, and then uh, the the actual belt kind of acts as like a girdle rather than what's holding it on because of the suspenders. So yeah, the new job is super fun. Uh, I kind of like buying my own tools, and um, I have the ability to do that do that right now because of the extra money. Um, and yeah, I'm just gonna try and be the best employee I can be, so that I can uh, keep working it, so I can keep working my way up the company and and just be a good dude, right? So it's uh, it's fun. It's really fun. Alberta is opener than we are more open i have to i gotta correct your grammar i'm sorry alberta is more open than we are it is it's one of the most open provinces now and i mean doesn't matter can't go anywhere now anyway gas just shot up uh, i saw it at 165 my wife said she saw it at 175 a liter and so we are being told that gas could shoot up to two two dollars a liter and so if you're watching this from the states that is actually about uh, eight dollars a gallon so we are being destroyed financially by all this stuff that's going on so you guys we saw the billboard right let's let's, everyone let's play that the alberta government here. was one of the largest human actually you know what guys let's just let's just go see this awesome this awesome billboard sometime i'm i would love to drive by it it's outside leduc so there you go it's actually right by uh some uh some people who's in that billboard's uh house you know it's, it's pretty cool so anna says it is two dollars and 23 cents in london ontario that is disgusting yeah I decided to go on a holiday this week before we become Venezuela. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Laura, I don't want to be grim or anything, but um, I heard horse meat is not that bad, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Don't eat your horses. Only if it's a last resort. Only if it's a last resort. I'm sure a horse could benefit you better during a venezuela thing alive rather than being food right so yeah let's uh let's go check out uh that billboard together sometime anyway guys i'm gonna close that one we're gonna move on so obviously um there's a lot going on with russia i don't know if you guys saw this tucker carlson video from two days ago uh, it's called we are at war with Russia. Obviously he's talking about it from a U.S. perspective and he explains some of the things going on behind the scenes so that it isn't just a rah, rah Ukraine, uh, uh, argument. And, you know, before anyone would jump on me and say that, oh, you're pro Russia or something. No, but there's more going on behind the scenes than we know. 
And when we look at who the players are involved, something is very suspicious. And one of the things that I learned from this Tucker Carlson video I'm going to put up is that Ukraine just became a member of NATO, which means that it's part of the U.S.'s defense system. You only eat your friends if they're delicious, Laura. <laughs> um, anyway, which by the way, I'm supposed to have Laura on this podcast at some point, and I have just been really slacking in that department. I work two to three Saturdays a month, so it's uh, it's been really hard to just build a schedule, right? But anyway, so Tucker's going to explain that for us. And we're going to listen. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Yesterday morning, Joe Biden's secretary of state, a man called Tony Blinken, went on to the Sunday show over at CBS News to announce a new policy toward Russia. Going forward, Blinken explained, the Biden administration will use Poland as a cutout to send fighter jets to the government of Ukraine. Those jets will be used to fight the Russian military. Blinken announced this in a calm, even tone that suggested this was conventional procedure, business as usual, nothing to worry about, just another weekend at the State Department. But in fact, it's not typical. It's a very big step. It could turn out to be a pivot point in history. And for that reason, we want to show you the entire exchange. Here it is. If, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets, does that get a green light from the U.S., or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that, that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to, to the Ukrainians. Uh, what could we do? How can we help to make sure that uh, they get something to backfill the planes that they're handing over to, to the Ukrainians? Are you afraid that will escalate tension, asks the script reader, because even a CBS News anchor knows that sending fighter jets to a war usually does that. No, replies Tony Blinken. That gets a green light. It's a remarkable exchange. What are we watching here, apart from a conversation between two incredibly shallow people who have limited contact with reality? What we're watching is the beginning of a war between the United States and Russia. If that sounds jarring, what else would you call it? Now, you may support everything that Tony Blinken just said. Maybe you do support it. But let's not lie about what's happening. Let's be as honest and clear-eyed as we can be, especially now, because it matters. The Biden administration just inserted itself with force into the middle of a hot war between two foreign powers. That means the United States is now an active participant in a war. We are at war with Russia. Whether or not that war has been officially declared, whether or not Congress has authorized that war, all of that is irrelevant. I think Tucker really nails this point. Um, he just makes it clear. You are now saying you are at war with Russia. I mean, it's pretty clear that this has been the agenda for a while, building up Putin as the supervillain and pitting everyone against him right now. They needed a distraction to, I guess, move back to uh, building uh, unity or something. I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't claim to know why things happen. I just know that the official narrative is never right, right? That war is happening right now as we watch. Why is no one in Washington saying anything about this? Because they support it. They always have. Almost five years ago, way back in 2017, Congressman Eric Swalwell of California came on this show for another Russiagate debate, one of many. He came to let us know how Vladimir Putin had gotten Donald Trump elected president. It was all as stupid as you remember it until the end of the interview. When Swalwell said something odd and interesting, Swalwell explained that because Putin had installed Donald Trump secretly in the White House, the United States should now, quote, do everything we can to expand NATO's role. In other words, we should let Ukraine join NATO. That's odd. Why would he say that? Why would a policy so seemingly obscure NATO, Ukraine, what? Why would that be a priority for some forgettable congressman from the East Bay? Well, simple, because getting Ukraine to join NATO was the key to inciting war with Russia. We didn't get it at the time. Now it's obvious. Vladimir Putin just invaded Ukraine because he didn't want Ukraine to join NATO. 
Putin certainly had other motives as well. People always do have multiple motives. But that's the main reason Russia invaded. The Russians don't want American missiles on their border. They don't want a hostile government next door. Now, that's true, whether you're allowed to say it in public right now or not. It has been true for a long time. A lot has been written about this over many years by serious people. No one who knows anything and is honest will tell you Putin invaded Ukraine simply because he is evil. Putin may be evil, he certainly seems to be, but he also has strategic motives in doing that, whether or not you agree with those motives. That's irrelevant. Those are the facts. So with those facts in mind, the Biden administration's behavior in the days before the Ukraine invasion tells you a lot about what motivated them. With Russian troops massed by the thousands on the Ukrainian border, Joe Biden sent Kamala Harris, the least capable diplomat in Washington, to explain America's policy to European heads of state. So you guys get it. I mean, we understand that there's more going on here. There's this connection to NATO, all this stuff, right? Now, I don't claim to be pro-Russia or anything like that. But when I look around, I see people waving the Ukrainian flag and putting the little Ukrainian flag emoji into their name on Twitter. Uh, sorry, those people are all the people that have been trying to ruin my life for the last two years. All the we stand with Ukraine people are everyone that has been trying to ruin my life and take away my freedom. Um, so there's something weird going on, right? Now, I, I looked this up because I wanted to make sure. I usually say he scored 23 goals or something, but you have to understand, Vladimir Putin is a dictator. He has dictator-like qualities. He does dictator-like things. He stages his own hockey games where he scores insane amounts of goals. And I'm going to share that last article with you. Um, and you can see this. Maybe you guys don't know about this. But look at this. It's from The Guardian, which is awesome because I believe The Guardian is like a hardcore leftist site. So they make it sound like it's real. Now, read this. Think about this. Look at this. Vladimir Putin scores at least eight goals in hockey exhibition game, then falls on face. <clears throat> now, we're not going to worry about the falling thing. The point is this. Russian President Vladimir Putin scored at least eight goals in an exhibition ice hockey game with former NHL players at Sochi's Bolshe Ice Dome, then took a face for a spill while waving to the crowd. This is in 2019, I believe. Yeah. The 66-year-old leader, who appeared fine after the tumble, had taken the ice on Friday night in what has become an annual tradition. He played on the Legends team alongside Russian hockey stars, such as Hall of Famers Slava Fedosov and Pavel Burr. Both the Associated Press and Reuters reported that Putin fired in eight goals during the match, while the official Kremlin release indicates he scored ten times in a 14-7 victory. His teammate, Defense Minister Sergei, Sergei Shoigu, <laughs> added three goals by all accounts. Putin, whose approval ratings have slipped in recent years as Russia battles economic woes, periodically plays hockey with government officials, businessmen, and former NHL stars in matches that are broadcast with pomp on national television. Playing at center forward in his traditional number 11 shirt, Putin was provided with plenty of scoring opportunities by his line mates and was met with little resistance. Okay, they're, they're, being, they're being honest. Met with little resistance by the opposing team's defense after opening the scoring unassisted by beating the goaltender only two minutes into the game. The president added either seven or nine more goals, making him the top scorer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, listen to this. <clears throat> the offensive outburst offered compelling proof that reports of Putin's fading nose for the net have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> the president had scored only five goals in last year's game, down from seven the year prior and eight in 2015. 
the opposing team was made up of high-profile amateur players, including Putin's childhood friend, Tycoon Gennady Timchenko. I don't know these names. Billionaire Vladimir Potanin and several Russian governors. That's hilarious. Anyway... <laughs> the 45 and older amateur league which he established in 2011 he scored 36 or 38 goals in those match- matches an average of more than 5 per game so you can see obviously it's ridiculous and the man stages victories over his buddies so this is a very very clear this is a very clear dictator type thing like if you look at kim jong-un you know he scored um uh, 14 hole-in-ones or whatever four hole-in-ones on his first game of golf they have all this ridiculous folklore the only difference with this one is that it's been uh broadcast and filmed but did he steal his own citizens rubles do you mean uh like ruples I don't know how to, is it rubbles? It's ruples, right? It's pronounced ruples. I don't know what you're talking about. If I'm honest with you, I've had to kind of update myself with the Russia Ukraine stuff because I pulled away from it so hard because just something is not sitting right about it. It just seems super sketchy. So I've been almost avoiding looking into it because I don't, I don't know what to believe. And also, I get home and I'm pretty tired, so I often fall asleep on the couch and stuff. Now, this is what I do. Anyway, we are going to move on over. Oh, no. First. First and foremost, we have... What article is this? Is this the one? That's the one. So, this is a really interesting, uh, interesting thing. Actually, sorry, we got to make this bigger first before I move on. Okay, let's all hope that there's no offensive ads running right now. Just that one, and that's not that bad. It's just a weight loss one, so we're good. So, the World Economic Forum has cut ties with Russia. That means that they had ties with Russia, right? Look what it says here. We are not engaging with any sanctioned individual and have frozen all relations with Russian entities. Excuse me. Spokesperson Amanda Russo said. We are not engaging with any sanctioned individual and have frozen all relations with Russian entities. Okay, it's right there. The cutting of ties comes after Russia's invasion of Ukraine and comes as several global superpowers put crippling sanctions on Russia's economy and banking sector, as well as Russian politicians, oligarchs, and Putin himself. Putin's relationship with the controversial organization is not dead for good, however. According to Politico, the WEF is leaving open the possibility of serving as a bridge builder between Russia and Ukraine once active conflict is over. WEF chairman and founder Klaus Schwab goes back decades, dating back to at least the early 90s. Putin and others below him have spoken at at WEF events in Davos five times from 2007 to 2021, with Putin invited to speak in 2015 following Russia's invasion of Crimea, though that invitation was turned down. Putin and Schwab met last sometime in 2021 when Schwab told Putin that his country was of particular importance in world events. Schwab has gone so far as to say that Putin's voice was essential in world affairs, saying that a voice of the president of the Russian Federation was needed to be constructive dialogue. So, what do we see here? We see that Klaus Schwab and Putin have had a very elaborate, a very elaborate um, or in-depth relationship, I should say, right? And so we see this relationship 
and now it's being cut off because of this invasion. But if you look at how the World Economic Forum is operating, these people, these powers that be need a war now to distract from all of the insane um, COVID restrictions that people are finally pushing back against. So COVID is basically done in most places. And now you've got this war with Russia and the world economic forum has pushed away from them. It's, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting twist of events. And Laura is saying Trudeau stole his own citizens money. Putin did not. Who's really the dictator. Yeah. Well, you know, in our country we have free and fair elections. So that means he can't be a dictator, right? Laura, (laughs) just kidding. They're not. Anyway, guys, moving on to the depravity portion of the show, which is in the title today. Um, I checked out a section of Matt Walsh's show. Hopefully I don't get a copyright strike from Daily Wire, although they would understand what free use is more than anybody. And so there's our favorite Roman Catholic, uh, Matt Walsh, who says many great things, but is... uh, when he starts talking about Christ and the atonement, he uh, gets pretty scary because he's a Roman Catholic and they have a different gospel than me. No offense to my Roman Catholic friends. So I've managed to pinpoint the spot that we want to start, if you can believe this. And if that wasn't bad enough, also today, last but certainly not least creepy, we have this video first posted by log cabin Republicans of Richmond, posted disapprovingly, I should mention which shows a, a, a guy named Chasen Buttigieg, who is uh, Pete's husband, leading children at a gay camp in a, a pledge to the gay rainbow. I would refrain from even using the term husband there. Personally, I would say his alleged husband or his supposed husband, something. Something that, because a husband has a wife. A husband does not have a husband. You are not allowed to change the terms on us, right? And I'm not lecturing Matt here. I'm sure he would totally agree with that. He's just saying it for sake of time or whatever. He Obviously, he doesn't believe he's his husband. Oh, see for yourself. All right. I pledge my heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp. Full of pride, pride. indivisible, Indivisible. with affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. Now those were so. My own commentary on this, just looking at this, um, homosexuality is something you're born with, right? Is the argument you're. You can't help it. It can't be trained into you. And yet you have what is clearly an indoctrination camp happening. This is to brainwash children into believing that homosexuality makes you special. Sexual depravity makes you unique. That's what this is. Um, But if it's not a choice and... And uh, you're born that way, then how or why is this even a thing? Young kids in there. Uh, that doesn't tell you exactly what ages they were, but you're looking at middle school at least, um, you know, uh, up and probably into high school. That was a gay camp for kids in Iowa. Now, I can remember when I was a kid, um, their camps were, were pretty common. Kids would go to summer camps. I went to a few camps myself. But back in those days, back in the dark ages, you know, you'd go to camp and you'd learn how to camp. You know, you'd, there'd be like tents. You'd learn outdoor skills. You'd learn how to make a fire. Uh, maybe for older kids, there'd be like, or rather for younger kids, a camp would involve arts and crafts. You'd play games. You'd do archery, those sorts of things. That's what camp was. Now we have sexuality camps for kids. And by the way, there's, there's no uh, uh, corollary for this for heterosexual kids. So it's not that it's, you know, what you hear from the left is, oh, well, you'd be fine if this was a, if these were straight kids. No, I, 
a, a heterosexuality camp uh, for kids, I would not be in favor of either. And any kind of sexuality camp for kids is grooming, is creepy and disgusting. Now, that footage that you saw there comes from the Amazon Prime documentary about Buttigieg's, Buttigieg's uh, campaign for president. It's called Mayor Pete. So they proudly filmed this and they put it in the documentary. And it's been on Amazon for months. And the funny thing is nobody noticed it until now because nobody watched the documentary. And then finally someone had like one person watched it and saw this. This is early on in the documentary. It was horrified by it, put it on, uh, put it online and then it went viral. By the way, right after the groomer Chasen led children in a pledge to the pride flag, organizers at the camp had the kids make drag taters. He goes on to say, if you don't know what that is, it's a potato dressed in drag. Obviously, as you can see, he's got a little bit of a funny commentary there at the end that I, I left in. But the point is, is this, is that they want your children. They want to destroy your children. They want to chemically castrate your children and ruin your children's life. And as we know from a biblical perspective, um, these things uh, are the sign of judgment on you. They are the sign of judgment on a nation. And I just heard my family get home upstairs because they're not at Awana tonight. They went to a different event because Awana was canceled. And so hopefully they are quiet enough and they don't come down here. And if they do, that's okay. We'll have a candid moment where we break through the boundaries of podcasting and a small child appears on my podcast for a bit <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway guys so moving on to more biblical topics though i wanted to cover something because i know that with the influx of new people into my church there has been a growing issue of you know people coming because that we, we 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 stayed open we actually teach the Bible to people. Uh, we preach truth to people. We are loving. We enjoy our fellowship with fellow believers. And a lot of the people coming do not hold to Calvinistic views on election. And so I help uh, once in a while by going to uh, fundamentals of the faith we have at my church. And um, there's new believers there or there's old believers that have, you know, maybe not learned a lot or there's fully, fully, you know, mature people, but they just want to go through the fundamentals with us. And so we are in the section on salvation and how it works and that it is an act of God and then it comes directly from him and that he is in charge of who God is saved. Um, Elaine says she is looking for a forward to a guest appearance from a small child. I don't know. They probably won't even come on, but, but anyway, and Elaine, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm glad you're back. I haven't, uh, you haven't commented in a while or, or at least I've been missing it, I think, but I'm glad to have you in the comment section. Um, but I wanted to cover something that stuck out to me uh, from my reading um, from a couple days ago. And I thought I would save this for, for a podcast. And it's 2 Corinthians 4. And I don't know what, what it is, but I find myself often overlooking 2 Corinthians. And I don't, I don't know why. Um, you have... The Gospels and then Acts. And so those are like a set. Gospels and then Acts is like its own amazing book filled with all this stuff about the early church. And then you have Romans, which is like the most prolific, prolific epistle in the Bible. And it is theologically deep beyond anything else of the epistles, right? Right. Then you have 1 Corinthians. 
First Corinthians covers all kinds of topics like sexual immorality, um, spiritual gifts, head coverings, all these things, um, you know, going to lawyers, all these topics. And so somehow in my head, I don't know if anyone else does this, but somehow second Corinthians gets overlooked to me. It's right away. It's into Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians for some reason, like, and I read it, but for some reason I just breeze through it. And I almost think that I'm going to start studying second Corinthians. Cause I, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't, I don't know how, what you guys do, but, or if this happens to you, but are there any books of the Bible even the new Testament that you kind of either gloss over, or you haven't really invested much time in, but anyway, second Corinthians chapter four starts like this. And I think this is really cool. I'm just going to read it from the LSB. I won't put it up on the screen today. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, and if you have a Bible, turn to second Corinthians four. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. Dandy says Revelation. Elaine says Leviticus. Leviticus is a common one. I'm going to, I'm going to address these comments. So I believe that a literal reading of Revelation from start to finish is going to be the most helpful to you. Um, I believe you should just read it and see what it says. And I've had people in the reformed community tell me that, and I quote, revelation doesn't make a lick of sense. If you just take it literally, um, I don't buy that at all. So I makes total sense when I read it because it's just telling you what's going to happen. So and it's pretty it's all miraculous stuff and so as far as leviticus goes though i would say that leviticus leviticus is one of the ones that a lot of people say they struggle with but put that put leviticus in the context of christ fulfilling all those sacrifices and see see christ in it read Leviticus and then read Hebrews and look at all the references, you know, something like that. And I have not done an in-depth comparison of this stuff, but just listening to some of the guys that I love. Um, and they would, James White would specifically disagree with me about revelation. But when you listen to him talk about Leviticus and Hebrews and that relationship, it's a really beautiful thing. And so, I would recommend you force yourself to try and fall in love, fall in love with Leviticus. Um, it, it is, it is a really interesting thing. And then not even that, it's just, it's, uh, sorry, I'm just reading the comment. Elaine is saying, I, I do still read it as not reading as not reading. It is not being obedient. Agreed. Yeah, we, I read through the whole Bible, whether there's something I want to read or not. Um, uh, but I would say try to fall in love with the book because and see Christ in those sacrifices. And then also think about some of the scientific stuff going on there uh, that that you could uh, look into, like um, taking people outside the camp when they're sick, you know, Um why are there dietary laws at the time? How does a house get leprosy? All these things are really interesting, right? Anyway, so I'm going to I'm going to read I'm going to read uh 2 Corinthians 4 and I will start from verse 1 again. So it says, "Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame." not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, this is what I want to get to. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So, how can the gospel be veiled? Who 
would be veiling the gospel to these people who are perishing. And so what can we infer from that? It is not veiled to those who are not perishing. Right? Now, going on. Verse 4. <clears throat> In whose case the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, they're taking the stance here that the God of this age must be Satan, because it is lowercase, God. Um, and so, but I've actually, I believe that I've seen James White take the stance that the God of this age is actually referring to God. I'm not sure if I believe that, but Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for the sake of Jesus. For God who said light, shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So what do we see? We see Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel. But then God says, or, but then Paul goes on to say, God said, light shall shine out of darkness. And is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I read... I read this wrong earlier and, uh, and so I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to deal with it now that I've made a mess. So honestly, this section, no, it's not, but this section would actually be a good argument. Um, this could be a good proof text. Some of it for an Arminian, right? Saying that Satan is the one that blinds and Satan is the one who's veiling it. But it goes on to say that God, that uh, God said light shall shine out of darkness. And he is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. In every way afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. You bet your boot, buddy. Um, so, what is going on here? Oh, my mouse died. On YouTube, I'm blurry or just my feed. Oh, that's weird. So this comment was one of the first comments, and now it's just showing up again. That's really weird. Anyway. So obviously this chapter is about going forth and preaching the gospel honestly i believed that uh when i read this unfortunately i believed that um i kind of i in my head i i i took uh i took verse i took verse six um or sorry i took verse four wrong 
And I thought that it was saying that God has blinded the minds of the unbelieving and they've got it lowercase and then God saying this. So honestly, my whole point of reading this was lost, but there's obviously something we can learn from this. The Devon needs to prepare better. And as a believer, we should always have the light of the gospel shining forth in us because it is God who has put it there. So that's slightly embarrassing for me. And, um, <clears throat> slightly embarrassing for me. And, uh, I should have, uh, I should have double checked what I was thinking on this one. Anyway. Um, so I believe this is my aunt. Um, she's saying, I was going to say dark to light is what you're trying to say. Well, yeah, so, I mean, what chapter 4 is teaching is that if you do not have Christ, you are in darkness. Like, that's something that you would infer from this, right? And God is the light that shines in believers as they go talk to others. So we sh when we are sharing the light of Christ with people, it is saying, though, that we're sharing it with people, um, and it can be veiled to them. Um, because they are those who are perishing. That's what it says. So that part is still true. Now, I would still ultimately say that God is the one who is veiling it. But this chapter is not what I thought it was. And so that actually brings me back to my first point. This is why I need to read and study 2 Corinthians better than I do. Um, kind of embarrassing. But anyway, guys. With that, I think uh, I think I should end this live stream before I make any more boo-boos. Anyway, guys, you have been awesome. I'm going to go say hi to my kids. Go give them hugs. And uh, have a great night.